Folks, welcome back to the Crossing Swords podcast, mid-season edition brought to you by Outlet Liquor, the place to buy a case. I'm Maniac, and it has been a little bit of a crazy season for the Sabres, and not in a good way, it's safe to say, but we're here to talk it through and look to the second half of the season here with our guy Gatesy, and of course, you know him for the Bills game and coverage there, intern Vinny. Gentlemen, how are we feeling headed into this weekend? You know, I'm feeling pretty good. All-star games going on. I know everyone's read every single one of my works so far for Trainwreck, so it's, it's probably good for everyone to hear my voice finally. Yeah, I'd say, uh, you know, just sort of rocking and rolling and excited to have uh, a little bit of – I guess I'm not excited to have a little bit of a break here, but with the Olympics, a lot of sports happening, which, of course, is always a good thing. Always good to see that sports landscape and – not needless to say, with the way the Sabres have been playing the last two to three months, not bad for them to get another break here. They've had some COVID breaks sprinkled in, but not bad for them to get another break. Obviously, Sabres, not exactly the midseason point. Um, they played 45 games, but 14, 24, and 7. I would say record-wise, guys, this is probably what people expected from this team just about coming into the season. You know, no one was thinking that they were going to be world beaters. Um, you know, there were some maybe expectations that maybe this is even over exceeding, uh, you know, the expectations for the season. But with that said, and given the record 10 games under 500, what do you guys see so far? And uh, let's start with Gatesy here uh, as the biggest positives so far for the Sabres this season. Surprise wise. One of the biggest surprises has been kind of the reemergence of Tage Thompson's career kind of going into the season. He's almost listed as like a, a three C possibility for the Sabres. And uh, thankfully, for the start of the year, he's been able to kind of get his game back and kind of be the, the person everyone kind of wanted him to be. So I'm just really happy for him to kind of get things going for himself. Yeah, so that's a, a really good point. I think sort of on that same line, a lot of people knew that this year was going to be a year where we really wanted to focus on sort of the development of some of the younger guys uh, on the team. So sort of in that, on that same path, I think one of the biggest positive surprises was that we were able to see some uh, action from guys like Peyton Krebs play in the NHL and find success um, in the league. I think that was something that maybe some people were worried about, maybe not being able to click right away. Um, And of course, Krebs especially has sort of pushed that notion aside by playing so well, especially with Tuck on his line. They've sort of played, I think, better than people were expecting for guys that were so young. So I think that's probably the biggest positive surprise so far this season is some of the young guys like Quinn and Krebs kind of seeing some ice time and doing well with said ice time. Kind of leapfrogging, leapfrogging on your Krebs point, the way that uh, Tuck and Krebs have both filled into this lineup when called upon. I mean, I think Tuck has instantly become, you know, in that upper tier of leadership and veteran uh, persona on this squad. So very excited to that. And again, that's something, you know, we didn't know about coming to the season because we didn't know what the return was going to be for Jack Eichel or what we were going to have in that situation. There were a lot of people thinking he might still be a saber and sitting on the shelf right now. So he's obviously getting ready to make his debut pretty shortly here. But with that said, sabers are liking the early returns. Uh, with that said, there are a lot of returns and a lot of things happening early and often this season that we don't like. So Vinny, let's start with you on this one. What is, uh, you know, like your biggest negative surprise for the season? Obviously, low expectations coming in. Right. I, I feel like I'm going to take a pretty obvious one here, uh, so I apologize. But I think the biggest negative surprise is just the 
slew of injuries that have sort of plagued the entire team. I think you go into a year expecting injuries at some point. It's you know, If you go through a sporting season without any injuries, I mean, that is, quite frankly, it's a miracle. But this year, the way the Sabres have just sort of had to really, really scrape the bottom of the barrel for, I mean, goalies specifically. Uh, and I think that's probably the biggest surprise is just the the fact that the goalies just can't seem to stay healthy. And, of course, you have Craig Anderson, who's sort of up there in age. You can't really expect him to play. He's not going to play 60 games for you, of course. But just even as you go down your depth chart to see injuries sort of all the way through, of course, Tukarski had problems with COVID, which is not a great thing. That's, you know, sort of different than a true injury, if you will. You know, you can't really – like if your elbow hurts, then it's one thing, but sort of that's a little bit more complex than a than a regular like an injury with a muscle or a bone. So just the fact that that's really affected them so much, I don't think that anybody would have predicted before the season that we would be seeing this many goalies play just past the halfway point. Yeah, I mean, kind of tying into that, injuries have just been demolishing to the Sabres, and they've kind of been a team that didn't really have a lot of high hopes. Some guys wouldn't get an opportunity like this on other franchises. So I think one of my biggest disappointments is the overall effort in a lot of games. If you're not going to be a, a big high scoring team, that's going to blow teams out of the water. You have to work hard every single game, kind of run teams into the dirt. And frankly, there's been so many games this year. You turn on the first five minutes, you're like, you know, how this game's going to go. They're going to give a couple early goals and just kind of coast through the rest of it and be an embarrassment. Like that game against Calgary and even that last game against Vegas, it's just like, it's really hard to buy into watching a really bad team play like that. It is difficult. And yeah, to kind of leapfrog what you guys saying, like you can go into the Casey Middlestad situation as well, which has been an outright train wreck, uh, pun not intended this season. But, you know, for me, I'm looking at Olafson. I mean, this is a guy that two, three years ago, this was sort of supposed to be your core. Like this was supposed to be a scorer that could get it done no matter what, especially when he's playing with Eichel. I guess obviously that's counting against him now that he doesn't have uh, those, you know, frosty feeds coming in. But with that said, I mean, it's just kind of inexcusable the way he's completely fallen off a cliff here. He's pacing 10 goals this season. Uh, and again, I, if he's playing injured, it's something that's kind of unknown to the fans as well as the media. So very odd to see and not very happy about that. So moving on. So we obviously we talked a little bit about what's happened so far this season. Let's take a little bit of a uh, outward approach here. So we got Kevin Adams and Don Granado, obviously uh, two personas who haven't exactly uh, I'm not saying they, I don't think they've, you know, pissed off any fans. I don't think they, anybody's gotten too upset at either of these guys. I know that in the beginning, obviously when he took the role, a lot of people criticized Adams for some of his rhetoric saying that he was kind of a, a Pagula puppet. And again, we're calling it straight. We're saying what they're talking about here, but I think both are kind of fitting into their roles nicely. I mean, we saw Granado get fired up the other night at uh, Colorado. And again, it was in a blowout loss, basically, or it was in a game that, you know, you weren't really in. So you hate to see that. But with that said, it kind of reminded me of Lindy Ruff. And I hadn't seen that fire ever, you know, in all the coaches that have been since Housley, Kruger, um, you know, I can't even remember their names now. Uh, Teddy Nolan, obviously. Uh, what's I can't, the guy with the Pittsburgh? Bilesma. Uh, Bilesma, yes. Bilesma. Like, again, I just want to see some fire. And again, the other factor, again, I'm not saying anything new here, so I apologize to all our Crossing Swords fans out there, but all the players almost instantly improved under Granado versus uh, Kruger. So that was nice to see. With that said, I want to bring up this point to you guys because obviously at some point you have to start looking at the output of the team and what's overall happening. Do you think the clock for these two 
truly starts at the start of this upcoming season or is it maybe already started? Where do you guys think that, you know, these guys are on the clock or on the hot seat for, uh, you know, the output of the squad? I think, I mean, this year, most fans kind of assumed would be a wash. So I think any sort of positive we can take out of is a big thing. So my whole thing is next season's when I think the lens really starts to shine on these two. I think they've both really shown that they're capable to be in these positions. It's just kind of consistency from top to bottom of the organization. And if they can kind of straighten that out this summer, kind of get these younger guys into play and Granado gets them to play better, we can, I, I think they can keep them around for a little bit. I think I want to know who, who our coach and GM is. And it's not a different person every two years. I think that's maybe something we go for. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. I think personally, I would like their clock to maybe not have started yet. I mean, they had a lot of things on their plate when you think about it. Of course, Adams, I was admittedly one of the people that was sort of concerned about sort of how that all uh, created into him getting that the general manager position. I was sort of unsure of how well he would do. So far, I can't really say I have many things to complain about, quite frankly. I mean, one of the big things was, of course, the Eichel trade situation comes up, and I think he handled that relatively well. I mean, you know, it's a little early still. I mean, Eichel hasn't even played for Vegas yet. And, of course, some of the returns. Probably probably won't truly know that for like a year and a half still. Yeah, So yeah, absolutely. So like, but at first glance, right, it doesn't look like we got fleeced per se, right? You know, as they say in in some of those trades. So I think that's a perfectly fine job by him. And on the other hand, I think Donald Granado definitely showed that he can coach some of the young guys well and that they play well under him. Um, and I, th- I think it's just tough with the lineup this year. I mean, especially like we said, with all the injuries, I don't think you could really expect much. However, sort of to contradict myself, I think their clock has started because that's just how it works in the NHL. You don't really have a ton of time. You you don't really have like four years to maybe sort of right the ship, you know, slowly and then sort of make your plan. You kind of try to have to make things happen fast. Um, they, you know, might get a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because of some of these injuries, which is good. I think they should, but I just think the way the NHL works, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't think they're going to get that much longer than anybody else does. I think they're still probably going to get, you know, two years. You, you just got to see something tangible before they can, we can say like, well, all right, they might be here for four. You know, I think it's more realistic that their, their clock has definitely started. I agree. It's just such a weird situation. You bring in the COVID you bring in the Eichel. And then with this year, again, not to make excuses, because you really do have to look at this organization because, I mean, the injuries have been absolutely absurd, whether it's the conditioning, well, whatever. I'm not pointing any fingers. You have to look at something to get these players healthier because it just seems crazy. But six goaltenders this year, it's kind of, it's just kind of not a feasible situation. I, I'm sure if you look historically on the teams that have used six goaltenders, and in their case, multiple games for all the goaltenders, So it's not like two guys for one game each or something there. I mean, you know, they were getting some reps. So it's a weird situation that realistically their clock has started that they are being assessed on a daily basis. And the overall state of the team does matter, but I feel like it's going to kind of refresh come October, 2022. I mean, if this team starts hot, even though the fan base definitely will not give in because we've seen two hot starts in the last three years. Um, obviously that would be a lot going in the right direction for Kevin and Don. And speaking of Kevin, obviously with a chance to prove it, a lot of, um, I don't know, what do you want to talk, call it? Mumbo jumbo, a lot of buzz about uh, Colin Miller uh, potentially being an offseason beast. 
Did you guys see that rumor a couple weeks back about like a first round pick for Miller or something? Was that the Sabres leaking that, like wanting that? I think it was very similar to the uh, Matt Tuck uh, rumor that was floating around by, by Kevin. Kevin needs to make this a little bit less obvious when he's floating these because, I mean, I don't want to assume it, and if we're wrong, we're wrong. But, I mean, come on. You got to put a little camouflage on these bad boys. Yeah, it's – I mean, GMs have a mind. You got to think. Like, Colin Miller for a first, it's – I mean, as a Sabres fan, you're like, that would be, like, the best you could ever get out of him. But, it's again, it's it's tough as a fan. You kind of bring these players in for years on end, kind of build a rapport with them, and then – Things just you, they, you trade him for another guy that's going to fill in that spot three four years down the road. And it's I think it's fans are at the point now where it's they're just kind of done with trading these established guys for picks. But at the end of the day, it's probably what's best for this team, and they need the help in the future. Like right now, again with guys being UFAs and RFAs, it's not going to do anything good to, to lose them for nothing. Yeah, I think one of the things you can sort of look at with the Sabers is do you have an opportunity to maybe like replace these rostered players with somebody that's in your pipeline already? Um, you got like Casey Fitzgerald who's playing this year. I don't like, you know, how good really is he? Um, you, you know, obviously Owen power is, is going to be good. And you hope that he makes, you know, is on the team next year and playing good minutes. Uh, you have Ryan Johnson, who's in the pipeline who, you know, might be able to come into the NHL and play well. Maybe he's not ready for that yet. I don't really know where, a lot of people consider him. He's sort of a guy that after he drafted, it was development was definitely needed there. And it seems like it's happened. He's played very well lately in college. So I think, yeah, are you, what are you really, I think you have to look at what you're really getting from Colin Miller and what you maybe might be able to get uh, just because is he really going to be part of, I guess, your future? I don't know. Um, You know, like you mentioned, maybe Olafson. It's a real shame because he was truly one of the draft hits of the past couple Sabres years. I mean, the Sabres have not drafted well at all over the past, I want to say six years, five years, except for their first round picks for the most part. You have obviously Eichel hit, Reinhardt hit, Darlene hit. I mean, it's sort of, I'm not going to say hard to miss on those, but I mean, yeah, right? So I think when it comes down to it, you're sort of admitting that you haven't drafted well, but I think this is probably the right time to move on from him, especially with another guy like Rootsalainen. I think he might be sort of the same type of player Olsen is on that power play. I think that's a possibility we might be able to, to see at some point here. And let's face it, at the very least, he's going to be better for the Star Wars promotion night. So, I mean, that's the kind of stuff you got to look this at this true. fan experience, Gatesy. That's, I mean, that's what's really important here is, is Star Wars night at, uh, at Key Bank. Even, even though the Sabres are rarely playing into May, because obviously you'd have to get to May 4th for Star Wars Day. But, hey, um, okay, so now obviously we talked about what we might see from Kevin. What are two to three things? Unfortunately, guys, I think playoffs might be might be out of the reach at this point. I don't want to assume. But what are a, two, three, thing, a couple of things that you guys might want to see from this team heading down the stretch? I guess my first thing that's not really tangible is just overall compete for the team. As I've kind of talked about my articles, it's been so hot and cold. I feel like I'm listening to a Katy Perry song. It's just, you never know what you're going to get for this team. And as, as all these Sabres fans can probably guess is like, you don't want to turn on a game at seven o'clock at night and sit there and just kind of waste your night watching a team that doesn't really want to be out there. So if we can get an overall consistency, that would be incredible. And another thing I just love to see is kind of that, 
second half resurgence that Dowling had last year for this year, at least in terms of his overall um, acceptance with the fan base, because it's, it's hard to see such a young promising player almost get berated by the Buffalo faithful just because of the player he is and the position he's in. He's playing almost 30 minutes a night. He's killing penalties and it's, it's, it's unfortunate, but hopefully he can uh, kind of get another renaissance again this year. Yeah, that's a, a really good point. That was sort of one of the things I was thinking about is just seeing a, a good second half from Darlene, put up some points, make some more nice plays. And that's something that it's sort of um, means good things. I guess it's fun to watch, at least when Darlene has the puck, his puck control is very good for the most part. So being able to watch that and sort of see that happen uh, is something that's hopeful for the future. So uh, I wouldn't mind seeing him develop a little bit more confidence at tail end of the year too. Another thing I want to see doesn't really help the Sabres um, too much, of course, you, you know, making the playoffs, obviously basically out of the question, even though I guess mathematically possible, I would like to see Skinner get to 30 goals. That's one of the things that I would really like to see by this year. I think it would be a nice confidence boost for him. I assume he's playing confidently. He's got 16 already just past halfway. He's on pace where he's going to be right around that mark. And I'd like to see him do it. The year that he got 40 goals, he trailed off at the end of the year. He sort of didn't score for like eight games, and he scored twice against Detroit, and that got him to 40. I would like to see him get to 30, get to 33 or something. Just continue consistent goal scoring. Don't taper off at the end of the year and sort of end on a confident note for him. Of course, with his contract, he's going to be on the team for a while here, you assume. And just with that said, I want him to continue to be a goal scorer, continue to be a guy who can put make things happen in terms of putting points up for the team. So I think getting to 30 goals would be a good thing for the Sabres and a good thing for Jeff uh, for this year. It's kind of an understated thing too, because when you talk about turning around this ship, if you had eight to nine or 9 million in just basically 15 to 20 goals, which Skinner was kind of, which was maybe even looking like a ceiling under Ralph Kruger for a little bit. Right. Um, yeah, that was a dangerous situation. It was going to make it very difficult to turn on. Like you've seen with the contracts that they've had in the past, especially, hate to mention it because he's actually playing pretty well this year, Ocposo for like the last four years uh, there. But with that said, you get that turned around. A couple of things I'd like to see. Uh, let's have Tuck, I've already mentioned it, continue that leadership, continue to establish himself. Obviously, it seems like he loves the Buffalo Sabres. Everything he says is blue and gold. So let's just keep having him do what he's doing. And I, yeah, I know... The goalie situations are all like shrouded in mystery. It was like you didn't know if Anderson was going to come back for a little while. I mean, I'd like to see UPL come back, like even just for a little bit and sell a little confidence, even though it would just be, you know, just an appearance. But you hate to not know what you have going into the goalie situation again for basically like the fifth straight year. Um, it would be very frustrating. Uh, so hopefully that gets straightened out. But definitely would like to see some stability in the goaltender position. And obviously UPL coming back and doing what he was doing before would go a long way in that. Well, hey, we're wrapping it up here on the midseason uh, Crossing Swords podcast show. Make sure you're following these guys. You got B Cristiano 3 and you got Gatesy 35 tearing it up on the timelines. I hate to say this, guys. Panthers, Knights, Cup Final. Is it inevitable? I don't know if it's inevitable because I, I bet on something like that happening and I have and I oh, then oh, it's definitely not going to happen. Very good I, I know how you are with your luck and your and your superstitious. Yeah, so I I'm not feeling very confident in that. Uh, maybe I'll bet on it on Fanduel and it'll do better. But uh, I think that would be a fun final to watch, though, if it did happen. Hundred percent. 
I mean, that would be, you know, opportunity to root. I mean, I don't know about everybody else. If we get an opportunity to see Jack Eichel versus Sam Reinhardt in the Stanley cup final, I mean, I would, that would be fun. Gainsy did a full face rub. You know what they say in Seinfeld? When you touch the face, you know, you're in trouble. And he did a full face rub when he heard that. That would be one of, that would be very, very painful. That would, but at the same time, that's such fun hockey to watch. And I think as a hockey fan, you know, maybe that would be, that would be really interesting, but it seems like the, the cards are sort of stacked to maybe this, this might be something that's very, very possible to to have happen here in the end of May and, and into June. Yeah. Unfortunately, like, I don't think I'm personally ready for that to happen yet. Um, especially with the season that's going on for the Sabres just to see, I mean, even watching Bogosian lift the cup, it was awesome for us. It's like, that's just still seeing a guy run out of town, find instant success. It's, it's, it's really embarrassing as a, as a person from Buffalo and I'm as happy as I am for them. And I want them to succeed. Just give me a couple of years to process everything first. Like that's all I'm asking. That's actually a good point. That is, I don't know if, if that happens, I assume I'd, you know, you go on Twitter and you just, everybody's like, wow, isn't that, I, you know, didn't take long for, because if that's the final, one of them is going to win a cup in their first year out of Buffalo, which is just, I mean, situationally, that's just such a nightmare. I mean, I, I can't imagine. Yeah, yeah. What more... happened? You just made it sound like Twitter's gonna be like dandelion yeah. fields yeah, and right. rainbows. Like, oh, it's gonna be a yeah, war zone if to those two are in the Stanley Cup Finals. To be fair, and Lanner and Laner. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Laner. I think is we've already sort of that wound has scabbed. That over ship already. has sailed. Yeah, I forgot about it until you brought it up. So, yeah. I mean, you could say the same thing. That. You know, I mean, there's uh, I don't know, as as somebody who's just like, if you're looking for good hockey, that's that would be really good hockey. The Stanley Cup final is always good hockey. But yeah, I, I think and as much as I would want to root for those two guys, and I probably will, I, I know that there'll be probably a week of just absolute terror for opening the blue blue app with the bird on it on your phone. Maybe after that. Maybe I'll wait a, a week before I open Twitter again after the Stanley Cup final if that's what happens. I just I I that it would be cool, but it would also be heartbreaking. I I don't maybe maybe emotionally I'm not ready for it, but right now I sort of think it would be fun. And be a little selfish here. The articles will do pretty well that week. I can tell you that for free. So yeah, that's true. That is true. That a would be a big fight week. So hey, speaking of engagement, making sure you're following us along. Twitter, Twitch, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Instagram, MySpace, everything. We love it. We love our crew here. Make sure, again, follow them on Twitter, Gatesy35, Cristiano 3 Huge shout-out to them. And huge shout-out to the Sabres fans. Checking along, or, you know, tag along with the team. These last couple seasons have not been easy. This one's been difficult. A lot of last-second losses, a lot of blown leads. So shout-out to you for following along because it's always three words here at the Crossing Swords podcast. Let's go, Buffalo. Oh!